Welcome back to the Football Index podcast. Today I'm joined by SG, who's uh, a returning guest, so please don't kill me. However, he is the man that knows media buzz and the formula, how it works inside out. So I thought he was the best person placed to come on and explain it. And after the great reaction we had on the kind of PB special with Buzzing Pool, I thought we'd do an MB one as well, just to make everybody happy. So SG, how you doing, man? Very good, thank you. Yeah, um... Sorry to, to be on again for all those who hate the returning guests, but um <laughs> figured a media buzz thing was needed. So I thought I'd shout out to you because it's sort of what I followed from the start of FI as it was the only thing that existed. So I sort of understand how it works and uh, figured I'd offer my explanations. Hopefully we can uh, do an informative podcast yeah hopefully this is one that traders can go back to over and over again so why don't we start with the very basics sg like give it to me top to bottom i guess we'll start with the dividends i suppose so on games where there's performance buzz you get 5p media payout that's every day with a day where where there's a performance buzz game Uh, if there's no performance buzz games then it's split into the top three scorers uh so you get 8p first 5p per second and 2p per third. The important thing that's different for MB compared to the performance is it's only the top 200 that are eligible. So this really narrows down the sort of list of available players that that could win it. In the same way as performance, you have to buy before 2pm and you'll get paid out sort of between half past midnight and 3am, hopefully. (laughs) Sometimes we've seen the payouts not happen until 9am or whatever, but... um, in theory, it's it's between half past twelve uh, and three o'clock in the morning. So yeah, that's the, that's the basics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, we do see a lot of people panicking sometimes when they haven't been paid out by like six seven a.m. But uh, I think that okay. So football analysts have got some sort of um, whatever you call it program that looks through the RSS feeds from certain news outlets. An RSS feed basically is just like a little. It's a very basic text file that, that news outlets will upload um, and can be read by RSS readers. Um, so I guess but let's just search through all of that for a player's name. Now it has to be the player's whole name as per football index, which is where there is uploads of issues. So for example, I think Mohamed Salah is a good example recently of where this has sort of been tweaked a bit because he would get loads of articles that would be Mo Salah rather than Mohamed Salah. Um, so people were like, oh, can we have it so that we get Mo Salah picked up as well as Mohamed Salah? And Football Index sort of agreed. And he obviously won quite a lot of buzz because of that change. You'll see loads of articles where it just says Salah. Uh, likewise, Messi, Ronaldo, all of those. You'll find loads of articles where they just get called those. But it's got to be their full name apart from Mo Salah. Do, do you agree with that, SG? Do you agree that Mo Salah should be picked up as, uh, as Mo Salah rather than Mohamed Salah? Because for me, it's whatever whatever's used more should be the one that is i think it's it's hard to say i think in his case it seems fair enough it is still a first name it's not like he's just picking up salah but i mean i don't know how many messies are called leo messi as opposed to leo messi but it feels like he should also get all the leo messies i don't know how many of those there are but it that's the sort of problem with the media buzz one of many problems i suppose it's the sort of arbitrary way that fi can just step in and say actually we'll change his name so that he picks up all of these rather than just a handful um so it's a bit of an issue uh but for Mo Salah's case I think I do agree that that he should get Mo Salah and Mohamed Salah uh, we also had the, the Jean Seri uh fiasco didn't we <laughs> yeah we did that was exactly the same where I think probably about a year ago one of the news articles said Jean-Michel Seri is going to be called Jean Seri 
Um, so everyone was like, oh, can we have it changed so that his name isn't Jean-Michel Terry and it's John Terry because it used to be Jean-Michel. Um, so FI changed it. And then when it came around to his transfer hype for Man United and eventually moving to Fulham, it turns out that we were calling him Jean-Michel Terry. So none of them were getting picked up uh, and we, we had to go back to his original name. So it's just... I guess it's just a problem when you're changing names. Uh, I think it just opens up a can of worms, really. They just have to stick with what is already there. But as we've seen, that gives a massive advantage to players with one name. It's probably one of the reasons that Neymar is top, isn't it? Exactly. And we've now got Adama on the football index. And I can only imagine if he gets into the top 200, there will be loads of Adama uh, stories that aren't related to him. Because there's plenty of other players called Adama, something or other that he would get attributed uh, to. Well, we, we've seen that with Marcelo, the, the Real Madrid Brazilian left back, with Marcelo Bielsa, the Leeds manager of this season. They've been doing quite well in the championship and obviously a lot of UK-based publications have been writing about him. And Marcelo, the Brazilian left back, has started gaining some buzz from that, which obviously gets discounted by the end of the day. But we saw that with Fred as well. I think there was an article about Fred Flintstone or something ridiculous like that that got picked up. But do you think that's something that Football Index need to refine and, and somehow manage because it, it when you try and professionalize a platform and, and make it more robust and more importantly to scale it for a million users rather than two hundred thousand, that's an important point isn't it yeah it definitely is i mean it's, it's pretty much a daily occurrence where marcelo gets a, gets like a marcelo bielsa story in there somewhere <laughs> or there and then you're just sort of waiting for for well next to delete it manually and I mean, I, I'm not really up on my programming, but I can't imagine it's too hard to just automatically discount anything that says Bielsa in it. Um, it seems like a very easy fix to me. Yeah, like I say, it's really not a perfect system, which I think is why it's a very good idea that they, they moved away from it and introduced PB, which sort of has taken everyone um, everyone's interest more so than the media. I think that's uh, only to their benefit because... I don't think they'd have survived by now if it was just the media with all of these issues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. But so it's uh, so media buzz is updated every half an hour, and I think you, you said to me that it's about five past or thirty-five past. Only, only from every... uh, sort of looking, it looks like it is updates sort of between thirty-three and thirty-eight minutes past, and uh, three minutes and eight minutes past the hour. Yeah, I don't expect it to be a constant stream, but it's pretty frequent that it updates, yeah. We have seen some people get pipped right at the line, though, haven't we? At, like, 11.48pm before midnight, <laughs> and someone sneaks into yeah, first. I'm very rarely up at that time to watch all of those happen, but I have, yeah, I have certainly seen it a couple of times and heard about it, and like I said, I don't, I don't really know why or when it updates. I've not found this information out from Football Index themselves. It's just from watching, you can sort of see them update and it's usually around those times. Perhaps when it gets nearer midnight, they try and do it more frequently to get all the, the last minute ones in. That seems very logical. Um, so that would be my only idea as to why they would change that late on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, likewise, I sometimes go to sleep seeing a top three and then well, I remember, you know, when we used to have only media buzz, but also when we have a triple media buzz run of days, I'd go to sleep and then wake up and think people are pulling my leg by saying that that player has, has pipped first. But uh, I, I think we'll move on to the most complex part of this podcast, which will probably take the longest time to explain, especially in layman's. But uh, I, I think you're quite good at explaining it, SG. It's the formula. So how points are actually attributed and, and why one article is worth, say, 200 points and one will be uh, worth one will be worth 20 points. So why don't you start us off on that sure i'll uh, try my best so 
the first point to reiterate is the fact that it, the article, the headline of the article has to contain the player's whole name as per football index. If that doesn't happen, the player isn't going to be automatically attributed those points. So that's, that's all costly if you're... Uh, looking for all those Ronaldo ones where it just says Ronaldo and you want it to be Cristiano Ronaldo, you just got to clench your fists and uh, and be sad, I guess. <laughs> Basically, it's described as the sentiment score. I guess that's what it does. It sort of tries to measure the sentiment of the article, how successfully it does that. I'd say not very well, but it is what it is. Um, Basically, there is a list of 3,382 words that some external researcher has put together and they've attributed each of the words a score between minus five and plus five and then the football index thing that goes through the articles basically totals up all the words in the article and makes a sum of the scores so um just a few examples of the words in there so i guess the most common ones we see are win which gets four points. Um, there's no lose, but there is loser, loss, and losing, and they're all minus three. So you'd get the article, you'd read it all out, you'd find each of the words that match up to an entry in this sentiment analysis program, and you'd add up all the scores. So, for example, just one from last month. I think the key thing to take away is not all bad stories are low scores. It, it doesn't equate like that at all, really. A bad score, a bad story doesn't mean you're going to get a low score. So Pogba last month, there was one I picked out. It just says, Manchester United make Paul Pogba transfer decision after stunning Jose Mourinho bust up. So nothing really here or there. You'd say it's probably a, a negative story. But if you look through the words, there's only two words in that article that are part of the list. Um, one of them is United, which we'll come to later on. And the other one is stunning. So United gets one point, stunning gets four. The algorithm is quite simple. You add up the scores and then you add one and then you times it by 20. So United one, stunning for that makes five. You add one, you get 60 times it by 20, 120. So that's 120 points for that article. That doesn't really say much, but the word stunning makes it very valuable. It's sort of very arbitrary. And I can see why that's annoying and why it's a bit of a silly system. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and not all negative like you can't get minus point articles can you prime example today so Sergio Ramos is currently um leading leading the media buzz uh one of them is Liverpool news Sergio Ramos reveals death threats received after Mohamed Salah injury so good thing to note for this one is Mohamed Salah is also in there so he will get exactly the same score for this as Sergio Ramos does even though it's not really about Mohamed Salah, or is it? I don't know. There's plenty of times where it's really not about a player at all. They just happen to get a little mention in there and they'll pick up the points as well. So we've got three words in here that are in the uh, in the little scoring system. There's death, which is minus two. Threats, which is also minus two. And injury, which is another minus two. So that makes minus six. What we do here is if it's negative, you halve it and make it positive. So minus six becomes minus three becomes three. Add the one times by twenty gets you four times twenty. That is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? (laughs) Like it if you consider that someone could get a the say a similar score by having like scoring a winning goal and the article saying uh I don't know, Harry Kane scores winner in Derby, then you only get the positive sentiment from winner and it could equate to a similar point total as Sergio Ramos receiving death threats, which is 
Absolutely. So it's it's all to do with the words that are used, which most of the time don't even really make any logical sense for one to be worth more than the other. Um, and like you say, if you have if you have a bad article with loads and loads of bad superlatives in it, it can still be worth a lot of points. I suppose if someone's in the news for negative reasons, then some would argue that that's why media buzz is a thing, right? Players should be able to win media buzz off of anything apart from criminal activity, which we saw most recently with uh, Alexis Sanchez when he was leading the buzz. <laughs> there was a lot of outrage because his articles got taken away because they were crime related or he was evading tax so they were criminal offenses and apparently they don't or they no longer count towards football indexes attribution of points because i remember and i'm assuming you also remember when javier mascherano won a media buzz for apparently nearly going to prison for tax fraud and he actually won that day and i remember loads of people buying that day this was so long ago this must have been like two years ago um but it's seemingly football index have, have put a stop to that since that sanchez fiasco but it, yeah, do you think there, sh there should be something there? Do you think Football Index should protect, perhaps create their own list of words and, and make it so that if you do have a total of bad stories like that, you shouldn't be able to get more than plus one for each negative word, if that makes sense, or something like that? I think that's a lot of effort that's probably not worth their time. Uh, I personally quite like the idea that if you're in the news good or bad you you can still you're still probably going to score pretty well on that day's media buzz i think that's, I that's an important thing i think i guess the scoring the way the way it is in terms of articles that are overall negative then sort of become half as valuable as equally positive articles is it's all right to be fair i think it's all right uh i i don't see a problem with just making them all positive just all the negative words become positive scoring and we just have it equal weighting. I don't, I don't really see the need to, to make it, um, to make it that complicated, but I don't know. I think it's all right as it is basically is what I'm saying. I think it's all right as it is. Um, that's not the main problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, I, I won't, we'll get to what the main problems are later probably later on and where we can improve. But in terms of researching as a, as a trader and analyzing, media buzz data and and who to buy for media buzz what what are usually your tips and, and tricks for this one well as we slipped in earlier united is actually on the list um of words as a positive score it only scores one but that basically is adding 20 points to every single article um which basically explains what i'm going to come to next is how frequent teams win um so if we look at the distribution of media buzz over the leagues um premier league actually gets around 69 percent of all media buzz uh which is pretty hefty hefty total um then the liga is like 18 percent and french and italian probably like five percent each uh, so if, if you're looking for media buzz you really want to be sticking to their the premier league teams um like say the ones from la liga and from liga are likely to be neymar ronaldo it's just going to be those huge names that perhaps have a good day in the champions league or might get linked um to transfers to the prem or you know they're just always in the news a couple of those bigger names um outside of the top teams really very gonna very much gonna struggle to win media uh we got so manchester united have won 21% of all media buzz ever. Uh, huge number for, for one team. 
and then we dropped down to like 12% Liverpool. I think from what I've seen this this year, Liverpool seem to be in the media a lot more, probably rightly so. Yeah. They played exciting football last year. Salah obviously did everything and it looks that Liverpool are just a lot more talked about than they were previously. Mm. Klopp also has quite a good relationship with the media, doesn't he? That that probably helps. Yeah, yeah. So you got Man United 21% and then Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, all similar, like 10% and Real Madrid 10%, Barcelona 7 So... It's, it's the big teams, obviously. It's the big teams that get talked about. And Man United, probably the most famous team. And they've also got the bonus 20-point scorer thing that they probably shouldn't have, but they do have. So United players have and probably always will be the best players to have in terms of media. Until Newcastle United, obviously, um, rise from the ashes properly. Absolutely, but it's quite rare that an article will actually say Newcastle United more often just say Newcastle um, and that's another thing to point out a lot of the articles say Manchester UTD or Man UTD that doesn't count it's got to be the word United for it to have that multiplying effect mm, mm. and we should probably before we mention uh, before we go on any further we should probably mention the actual sources of news that get attributed so we've got talk sport UEFA the FA well, I haven't seen the FA get attributed too often ES no yeah I've looked at this list and I'm not, I'm not sure I've seen them all and I think I might have seen some that aren't on the list but <laughs> we've got the, <laughs> the list is the list we've got ESPN who exclusively use a player's second name like usually so ESPN you'll usually get only one named players if that makes sense so if they talk about Neymar Marcelo or players of that who have one name the you know ESPN is is usually the the place to go FIFA which again haven't seen too often Football League and then we've got some uh, actual newspapers um, Daily Mail Daily Star The Times Telegraph The Independent Express Guardian Metro Daily Mirror I believe The Sun was there at one point but uh, was stricken. We've got BBC as well. Football 365, which again, I haven't seen too often. Goal.com, another one that tends to only use second names. Uh, Huffington Post, which I haven't seen at all very often. And Sky Sports, who just apparently just don't submit their articles to an RSS feed, so that uh, they hardly ever get picked up either. I interrupted USG, sorry. Uh, you mentioned teams that have returned a lot, but who are the players that have returned the most in general? So I think top of the list at the minute is probably just Pogba over the recent days and then Ronaldo very, very close behind Neymar, Alexis Sanchez, Mohamed Salah. I think the thing in common with all of these is that they've all made big transfers and that is where things go crazy in terms of media buzz and the hype around the index. Over summer when there's no games really going on and... Any, anyone who's the biggest transfer rumour of that day could potentially win the, the 8p that it would be and prices go up and down like crazy. Um, I think, basically, if you if you get on one of those sort of uh, transfer rumours that, that rumbles on and it's the biggest name in the sport at the time, uh, you're in for a lot of dividends. Uh, I think it's worth noting here, it's an important thing, is all time, the, the media buzz dividends are 55 percent of all dividends but considering it's been around for what three years now of media buzz but the performance has only been the last year then that percentage is just going to decrease so sort of over the last season uh, the media media buzz split is about 30 percent of all dividends uh i'll expect that to sort of stay the same obviously because we're going to have a similar number of media days and, and performance days every season uh give or take the world cups but it's not going to change all that much uh, so yeah, media buzz, you could probably expect 30% of all dividends over the course of a season to come from media. So it's sort of a 
it's a it's an important thing to focus on, um, especially when we've already had over 400 performance buzz winners and we've still only had about 160 media buzz winners. So wow. even though media buzz has been around forever and performance buzz has only been around for a year, we, a year we've we've already had more than you know we've had like two and a half times as many PB winners already. Quite the contrast, isn't it? But I just want to backtrack slightly. You talked about the kind of top four five teams that have won media buzz you mentioned united liverpool chelsea arsenal um tottenham are nowhere to be seen uh tottenham are just behind they, they just slipped out of the mention <laughs> so it clear- but, but that's mainly kane uh who probably gets it for being england captain and he still doesn't get as much as he really should probably clearly premier league dominated uh do you think that's a detriment to football index once they try and expand territorially i suppose it is so, I mean, the Premier League is obviously very popular over the whole of the the globe. Um, and I'm sure most of the uh, most of the sort of football analytics users that might eventually come from Spain, etc., would would be interested in the Premier League. They would like to have their own media buzz, I suppose. And I know, I know, ages ago, I was talking to a couple of guys from football analytics, and they were saying that they would potentially have a different media buzz winner for each of the different territory territories but i i think that's far too hard a job to be honest so i i guess it it makes sense to just stay with england and i'm sure people from other territories would understand that and be able to sort of understand what's uh how to play the game based on that but will that make it harder to acquire users though and also we had a bit of a chat about this on the other hand that and a lot of people talk about the performance buzz matrix being changed. If that changed, I don't think they would actually impact player value that much from here or there. I think if uh, I think a trader's portfolio wouldn't rise and wouldn't fall that much if the performance buzz algorithm was changed. But if media buzz was expanded and allowed every single publication, then that would actually kill a lot of Premier League players, wouldn't it? Yeah, you can only imagine so because, I mean, Ronaldo and Messi and Neymar, they all get reasonably good scores just from the English media. If you were to include their own sort of native media, then I can't see anyone but those three winning every single time. So the Premier League players like Pogba, who's currently storming it, would would have a, a less chance of winning, I guess, because Ronaldo and, and Neymar would be in the news every day in France and, uh, and Spain and Italy. And I think... I can't see anyone winning other than like the very top players in each of the countries every day. So I guess that would be a, a downside to that new system. It, it would also be tough because you have Spanish outlets that obviously talk about Ronaldo. You have Italian outlets that talk about Ronaldo because he's at Juventus. And you also have English outlets that talk about Ronaldo. I'm not sure how many Spanish Italian outlets talk about Harry Kane, Paul Pogba and, and these players. Well, potentially Pogba because of the um, Barcelona link. But I think our point has, has been well put across. It's a tough one because, again, Neymar has the former Barcelona link that's always linked to Real Madrid. He'll be talked about a lot from Spanish publications and obviously French ones as he plays for PSG. And then English and American outlets also talk about him a lot so it's a strange one because if they do expand it to all publications around the world or european top five european leagues say so to speak it it would impact a lot of player prices quite a lot more drastically than than a lot of people think i think 
yeah, I think it definitely have a bigger impact if you were to introduce the the foreign media uh, more so than just tweaking the performance buzz matrix, which a lot of people have sort of been calling for. Uh, like you say, I think some players would benefit from that; others would would sort of uh, go down. But the, if you change the media, that that could have a, a much more drastic effect on English players' prices. Well, not English, but Premier League player prices. Yeah, that'd certainly. Uh, knock all of those down well so to summarize uh we've got some full name issues arbitrary word scores but you also mentioned to me earlier that you think this could be exploited by journalists so why don't you say a quick word about that obviously as as a journalist you're you're banging out these rss feed things like every hour of the day you you could sign up to fi write write a headline with loads of winning and amazing and stunning words in and uh you know, you could you could knock up one of your players, uh, give him like a four hundred point article, and uh, get him towards the top of the media buzz. And we all know what that does. Sort of, if it's uh, if it's a quiet morning and someone's four or five hundred points ahead, then they're probably looking at a ten percent rise off the back of that, uh, no doubt. So uh, certainly, you can imagine many journalists if they don't know about football and they'll certainly want to be looking into it, which isn't really a good thing for uh, for football and to be managing people just exploiting that side of things. Again, I I don't really know if there's a way around that. Uh, they they rely on the journalists to get the scores, so how, how can you stop that? But it certainly is a bit of a problem. <laughs> One for Football Index to think about, but you're of the opinion that that 2pm deadline should be extended rather drastically. So why don't you talk to us a bit about that? Because I think that's an area of improvement that you think certainly should be looked into. Yeah, I like that. So until, I don't know when it was sort of similar to when when was that they changed it to 2 p.m. It wasn't it wasn't all that long ago. Previously, it, no, it was, it was about five six months ago. Yeah, maybe? yeah. So before that, you had to own them from midnight the previous day. Um, so for one, it's pushed that back along with the performance but deadline to 2 p.m. So you can now buy a player anytime at 2 p.m. and be eligible for dividends on that day. I don't really see a reason why we can't go as late as say 11 p.m. Maybe because. <laughs> um, I, I don't see a downside from football analytics point of view if you know you got a new player on the top of the media, but play, uh, traders are constantly buying and selling the players near the top to try and you know try and get those short term dividends. Uh, it's not exactly a profitable approach from the traders point of view, but it's something that football analytics can make a lot of extra commission on. And I know people do like trading that short term. They think you know oh if this guy suddenly jumps into first place he could go up loads and he would go up loads more if the deadline was later because there'd be a reason to buy him uh i I just think it's a sort of it's a win-win really if if they just push the deadline back as far back as possible yeah because you know traders want that instantaneous win don't they i think that's the key element perhaps missing from football index you do see that when a player scores a couple goals before 2 p.m on a performance buzz day triple triple day for example they fly in value you can see 30 40 percent rises you can see i mean say 30 40 percent you can see 30 40 percent rises just from a goal which is absolutely ridiculous so if you did have an article or a story break very late in the day maybe on a 9 30 10 p.m embargo and that player starts flying i seem to remember it wasn't the summer that just went the summer before that where there was like an eric dyer to man united link uh, and that came out all at the same time at 10 p.m. And suddenly traders were buying. I'm not sure how much more percentage-wise he'd increase if that deadline was up to 10 p.m. But I remember you spoke to Adam Cole about this once at a trader meet. And I'm not sure he was that keen because he thought people would be able to buy 
and then sell if the spread was the right amount and basically make a quick flip over the midnight deadline and actually uh, make some money in in terms of they would reap the rewards from the dividends but also from the capital appreciation and then technically make a lot more money than they've given to football index so is there any way around that because presumably if you buy a player that might not be that high in price they win dividends you instant sell suddenly football index have given you a bit of a bit of free money haven't they really yeah i I can definitely see that argument from their point of view um i would have liked to have thought that the sort of the frequency with which the the player at the top changes throughout the day means that they'll get enough swing back and forth during the day to get enough commission to sort of cover that. But another thing that we know they like to do is sort of widen the spreads. So I think they should arguably do this anyway, just at midnight, widen the spreads of all the winners for for that day. I mean, that would go down very badly, but if you, you know, if you, if you're in it for the quick flip, maybe you shouldn't be or that's a way they'll deter you from doing that they just automatically wind the spread at midnight on the players that are going to win the dividends so that if you instant sell them you're going to take a bit of a hit yeah just just for a few hours uh, it, it, you know it can go back to normal by sort of midday the next day but I, I just think that would be a way of getting around that <laughs> and ultimately <laughs> they'd make profit from from extending the deadline and, and then making a bit of a wider spread around midnight so people can't immediately sell and, and just get the dividends. What, what about any other areas of improvement that you can think of off the top of your head, SG? Not particularly. I, I, I think it's just a case of sorting out the names. Uh, and now that they've sort of changed a couple, it, it makes it difficult because it's just like opening a can of worms if we have another player who suddenly gets called by a different name more often than not it's like they're going to have to change him and then oh do we change this other player do we change this other player and it just becomes a little bit it's just too arbitrary that's the thing the same with the the sort of scores for the words there's some words that are included and some words that aren't and they mean exactly the same thing and one could give you 100 points and the other one could give you nothing uh, it's just like so so open to sort of manipulation i guess by journalists and it's just difficult i don't know how we could improve it basically that's my problem i don't know how we could improve it but obviously it's not perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's i think i'm the, of the same opinion it's it's going to be a tough one there's going to be pros and cons to whatever you do we, we spoke about expanding it to other territories from a source perspective i think that would have a far larger ramifications to the value of players on the index rather than changing the pb algorithm because a lot of the people a lot of people who oppose changing the pb matrix they they talk about kind of compliance and people have signed up to these terms and conditions and then there'll be uproar and a lot of people will be annoyed a lot of people don't talk about the media buzz side of things and sourcing it from other outlets and how much of a larger influence that would have on player prices rather than a PB matrix change. Because we did have one PB matrix change, even though it came before PB started. The value of players didn't actually change that much when it happened. I know it happened a long time ago and there wasn't that much money in the market, but I, I seem to remember that they increased points per goal and a lot of number nines went up. A little bit but they didn't actually go up that much until we saw how important goals were so i think there would be people who would react quite heavily if we did have a mb expansion in terms of other territories you'd see premier league players fall a lot and you'd see foreign big players rise a lot so i don't know it's it's a hard one and i think it's going to be really tough for football index the longer it drags on and the more territories it gets into 
the harder it's going to be to to change and, and not upset that many people. But we did actually have one question, SG, and it was uh, from Stanford. I know you and him have had your differences in the past, but uh, he said, I, I asked Adam Cole on the Q&A if we can expect any inclusion of cup competitions for PB. He said, no plans to change this for the remainder of the season, at least. So maybe something they're thinking about, but not in the short term and then Stanford asks do you think concerns over the dilution of triple mb with more pb days is still a relevant consideration for traders so what are your thoughts do you think we have the balance about right or do you think we need more pb more mb i think the balance is about right um like i said over the course of a season the media is 30 percent of dividends which sounds about bang on to me performance is the more exciting uh, sort of thing and people are obviously more enthused about it. that's the feeling I get anyway people enjoy the performance buzz much more than the media buzz but uh, I think the media buzz is a good thing to have constantly rolling along and I, I don't think 30% is too much of a fraction of the dividends to give via media if we introduced cup competitions then obviously the PV payouts would go up and the MB payouts would go down so probably be looking at more like 15-20% would go to media uh, and it it's becoming almost pointless at that stage. So I, I think it's about right. And if we are going to go with more performance buzz days with the FA Cup or, or whatever other competitions, then certainly is a consideration to take, uh, you know, something to take into consideration for traders because the players that, that are up there for the media every day, um, you're not going to get the five Ps and the two Ps. It's just going to be uh, five P for the top player every day. There won't be any second and third places we'll have cup competitions left right and center so i guess the media buzz players will be less valuable and the purely performance buzz players will be more valuable so we'll see gaps closing towards the top i guess where we won't have an out and out elite player um and the top media buzz players will, will sort of just decrease a little bit compared to the performance buzz I mean, I guess that you have just said what uh, taking the words out of my mouth i it, it is more exciting. PB is more exciting. I think it's been revolutionary to this product. It was so needed. Do you think that when new traders come on, they are thinking about PB rather exclusively, aren't they? So why not cater to their needs? Why not make it 20% MB rather than 30% so you have more PB? And it might dilute triple MB and, you know, media buzz in general. But if it's for the greater good and it's easier to acquire users or rather retain users because it's more exciting wouldn't you think that's probably a good move rather than a bad one yeah no absolutely i'm, I'm not i'm not all saying against it i i just feel that the split at the minute is quite nice <laughs> uh I, I wouldn't be against it at all i mean purpose is definitely driving the whole platform at the minute uh that's what everyone cares about and i think when you have the fa cup games you would also get sort of the younger players and the reserve players and that would create sort of another uh, sort of cycle, I guess, in in the football index market, where you know those young those fringe players will will get a chance of a game, and we'll see big spikes. And I'm all for things where there's different cycles, and we get sort of the recycling of money, so that football index are making money. There's more opportunities to get on short term rises. Uh, so yeah, I'm all for that. So I don't have a problem with with introducing the cup competitions. I just, in terms of the split, I think it's quite nice as it, as it is. Mm. I'm someone who's always of the opinion that the more players that have value backed by dividends, the better it is for a platform in general because you get less losers. Well, maybe not less losers, you get less bubbles in in air quotes because you have less players that haven't got that underlying uh, dividend back value. 
you'll get some of those youngsters that we talk about now as being valueless from a dividend perspective actually have a chance of winning dividends which would kind of be nice wouldn't it yeah definitely that sounds very good i would i wouldn't have to go around sort of bashing the likes of phil Foden <laughs> if he was eligible to play in the occasional fa cup third round game and, and potentially win some dividends so yeah uh, i i'm not against that at all um i think it's good that more and more players have the opportunity to win that obviously gives them more value it makes it a bit more random from football analysis point of view which is good they, they don't have to pay out for the same big names every time yeah I, like i said I'm, I'm certainly not against it <laughs> <laughs> certainly a, another thing that football index have got to think about i guess in, in the future do they want more pb is the current pb mb split nice for them and then you have to talk about the financial side of things as well are they do they have too much liability on a, on a triple day for example when there are only maybe at the moment predominantly about 30 40 50 players who have any chance of winning mb but uh, what, what are your kind of tactics when it does get to like a, a an extended period of triple mb do you see yourself shifting a lot of money around like with the cycle or, or do you kind of just hope that the players that you currently own uh, slip into some mb spots i think over the case or uh, over the course of like international breaks where it's one or two weeks and uh, not so much i, I might buy you know, a very small fraction of my portfolio i might put into media players only like moving sort of two or three percent around not at all shifting the whole thing um but when it comes to sort of summertime and we're talking two and a half three months of no games then i can imagine all my pb players just going out the window and moving into players that are likely to return media dividends so um over the course of the season not so much movement into to media but when it comes to summer then uh, all hell is going to break loose yeah <laughs> do you actually think we'll see that that bigger crash in those pb players because a lot of people have looked have got that longer than two three month outlook i mean i know that two years ago two summers ago rather we had a lot of big fallers that you know harry kane deli ali a lot of those guys just absolutely died because they weren't being linked with any transfers and at this point we didn't have pb but a lot of the players that we do have on the market are currently you know pb exclusive winners so do you think people will see this as an opportunity to pick them up cheap or do you think they'll just stay away from them until the new season comes i think we've seen more and more recently that there's a there's a whole bunch of traders that are just very happy to sweep up any player that's dropped 10 percent, thinking that they're getting a bargain which you know almost every time that those players will go back up to where they were so you know they're not wrong i, I would say that you, you can wait a little longer and you know, you can invest your money slightly better than, than buying a player that's just dipped 10% because he's not going to play for the next three months or whatever. But it, it is a strategy that can work. Uh, I don't think when it comes to summer, we will see huge dips in performance buzz for, for that reason, if in those players, because too many people now are just like, well, he's, you know, he's, he's dipped 10, 20% in the last week. I'm just going to grab him. He'll be back up for the start of next season, which is, is true. Um, but I myself will likely be selling the majority of my performance with players. Um, and I guess it's the sort of mentality that oh, other people will be doing this, so I should do this. And it's just which group of people outweigh the other. Uh, but I don't think it'll be, I don't think we'll see huge drops. No, no, not the way the market has been recently. In a, in a 
previous episode with uh, the guys from Football Index Edge, SOTD and Joel AB. Um, I think uh, Lee, SOTD, talked about how he split players in terms of performance buzz and media buzz value. H- have you ever thought about players like that in the past? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah I'm not, I've, I've done that for a long time in my mind. That's how I've always sort of thought about it. Um, I think it's a good way of looking at it. Some players are pretty much performance only. Some players are pretty much media only. Uh, and some are a good split between. It's a very good thing to sort of analyse before you buy a player. You think, well, where are my dividends going to come from? Uh, I know a lot of people don't buy for dividends at all, which, you know, it still works. People, you know, there's plenty of hyped players that are going to go up, even though they've got no chance of dividends. We've seen that seen that all over the place for the last few months. And it, it's still a valid approach to, to making money. But if a player's not got any dividend potential in the next sort of six to nine months then i i have very little interest in them and the ones that do i often try and analyze just get a feeling in my head where i think those dividends are going to come from i just think it's a good thing to have in your head to 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 make you realize when it might be time to sell that player if they're not returning the media you thought they would or they're not returning the performance you thought they would and then you know you might be time to sell (laughs) (laughs) yeah interesting certainly a good way to to look at players but uh, and it's certainly important to as you said look at the next six to nine months sometimes rather than three or four weeks but vice versa those short-term wins can add up quite a lot but SG, you're a really opinionated guy, and I think we've covered MB quite well here. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, any other things that you need to get off your chest from a football index perspective more generally rather than just media buzz? Um, oh, I'm trying to be a lot more neutral now. It's 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 difficult, but uh, no, I I think ASP the other, the other week was sort of very well spoken, and I agreed with most of the things he had to say regarding share splits and stuff. I don't really want to get into share splits because I'm not really too fussed either way and if it happens it happens and if it doesn't it doesn't uh i just i'd much rather see us be able to buy fractions of shares i think that's the easy way to solve the problem of not appealing to people who sort of can't afford the the higher prices so just be able to buy a tenth or a hundredth of a of a a neymar and you know that's problem solved you definitely think that's the, that's the way from a long-term point of view to mitigate the need for the consistent share split dividend increase cycle? Yeah, absolutely. It just makes, makes sort of perfect sense to me that there's just then there is no need for a share split ever. You can just buy, as, as, as I mean, no one's going to want to buy less than a hundredth of a name, are they? That's like, what we thought, that's like 13p. Yeah, so that, that's, that's fine. Uh, I think that just solves the problem, doesn't it? And then in terms of dividends, you just get, a fraction of a penny as a dividend so you can't see it in your balance but when you've got you know 30 pounds and 0.1 pence it's just there in the background you can't tell it's there until it ticks over a half a pe- percent half a pound and it, sorry half a penny and it rounds up to the next one so it i just think that's the the answer really is to to be able to buy fractions of shares mm, that certainly would be very interesting yeah. do you think it's going to be harder when we get to that and presumably we we talk about these fractions of players when we get to like a max market cap right or just before perhaps do you think it's going to be harder for football index to encourage or acquire traders when that kind of maxing of a market cap does happen yes because i guess at that stage it's very very hard to find value as most of the players will be sort of what they're worth in in terms of dividend returns you know given the risk that you're taking on, you'd probably be looking for sort of between 
five and ten percent maybe as a good return on dividends and all of the players uh will sort of be at that value so it will be hard to get new users in because you won't be able to you know prices won't be rising like they are now because the values are fair uh so at that stage i guess they would be considering an increase in dividends if they can afford it that you know if they think there's demand if they think there's more demand for users out there and people want to put more money in, but there's just not really the value, then that would obviously be the time to increase the dividends. But that's not right now because you know the prices are still rising. There's still plenty of value out there. If they can afford to do it, you know they can do it. They should do it. Get more users in. Um, but that's not really for me to say. <laughs> but but just to contrast that point slightly, if we do increase dividends, then surely it, it makes those players more inaccessible. And I do air quotes again because of course the value of the players is more but you're getting more bang for your buck in terms of a dividend return people are going to look at those prices after a dividend rise and, and think they're even more scary than a 1350 Neymar. oh yeah obviously in, in the current market without being able to buy fractions of shares or or doing a spare split it's just going to make the the problem that i'm not sure exists even worse uh so so yeah that it, you you would have to do it in in conjunction with being able to buy, you know, fractions of shares or or making the prices cheaper. Um, but yeah, I don't like the idea of a cyclic. You know, let's split the shares, let's increase the dividends. I mean, if we do a share split now, we're going to be having one penny dividends at, on certain days, and it's just you can't really go lower than that. <laughs> so it's like a once only thing from now on, and we're just going to get back to the stage, presumably where we're going to need another one and then we need to go along with a longer term solution yeah i think that's currently what i'm more interested in uh rather than focusing on the the share split dividend increase thing i think it's uh it's one that football index have probably got to work out but i think they've got some clever people behind the scenes to to do that is there anything else sg before you leave us no i don't think so uh i would sort of point people towards what i've been working on recently with in terms of the short-term fixtures which you may have seen on my Twitter. Uh, it's a, sort of a new-ish strategy I've been working on, and I thought I'd post that up every month. So I just have a look at the the smaller game days, so the single and double game days throughout the month. It's often teams that have two or three of those in a given month, so they're easy targets for short-term price rises, uh, and I sort of post that up on Twitter. So if you're interested in uh, seeing that, then then head over there. That's pretty much all I'd say where can people follow you uh, so i am uh, sg on twitter that's at cy gaskell that's uh, simon gaskell is my name and yeah i just my pin <laughs> tweet is sort of the latest month's fixtures with the odds so you can hopefully just have a, a quick scan through and see which teams have got favorable fixtures um on the the smaller game days and you're going to do that month on month right i will try and do that month on month yeah no that sounds good well uh thank you very much sg for coming on and opening up that black box that is media bus <laughs> because it certainly can be confusing even more so than the performance bus scoring matrix to, to new users but if you guys did enjoy that and you want to see more football index content then head over to the youtube channel uh, football index guide on youtube subscribe like videos watch some videos and all that good jazz uh, if you want to see some written content or read some written content rather 
then you can subscribe to the Football Index Guide newsletter that's in conjunction with Footy Index LDN and Liam, who those two guys are doing a cracking job. Uh, I'm trying to add where I can, but I think they've, they've got a bit more prowess in the writing game than I. Uh, and if you want to hear my voice speak about football rather than just Football Index, then do have a listen of the State of Play podcast with Matt Santangelo. That's at State of Play pod on twitter and if you just type in state of play anywhere where you listen to podcasts then you can find that and if you want to collaborate or for sponsorship inquiries hit me up football.index.guide at gmail.com if you're commuting have a wonderful commute i hope this speeds up a little bit and i'm going to shout out to the non-commute crew as always because uh, i get shouted at if i don't so thank you very much for listening